Hey guys, Chris and Alex here. Just a little disclaimer before we um, get to the actual show itself. I did make a comment about uh, which road warrior passed away. We actually recorded this a couple of days before animals passing. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunate coming on some of the comments, like nothing offensive is said, obviously. Just, um, yeah, really strange timing on everything. So, yeah, just a heads up for that, guys. Uh, we now present the show in its original format. We hope you enjoy. Vote WCW. What is cracking, humans? It's me, it's Fruity. It is another edition of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show, Fruity's Fantasy Fun Factory. Uh, we love alliterations now. I'm at Fruity as Alex, and I'm the promoter and writer and all that good stuff for WCW. And with me at this time is none other than uh, Chris Thunderhog, the promoter, booker, all that sort of good stuff of the WWF. How you doing, Khan, sir? Yeah, I'm doing really good. And yourself today? Doing wonderful. Uh, how can the good humans find you, my man? At I am Chris Thunder on Twitter. Yeah, and you can follow us at Wrestle Oz Style with an AUS. Big, big month four we had in this fantasy fed. Yes, indeed. Do you want to let the listeners know some of the twists from the last show? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've had we had some twists at the last show where basically. I chose the stipulation for poor Chris to have to throw up there for his fantasy fed, and the stipulation I chose was a brawl for all tournament. And I drew out a gimmick match card, and that meant that I had a month to book a tuxedo match. Um... Yeah, that was a rough one. Not exactly what I would have preferred. And then... Oh, come on, I'm sure it would have been good fun. Uh, I, I got there. I'm pretty happy with the results, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I uh, threw a curveball out there and offered Chris uh, Gorilla Monsoon just to give me the opportunity to draw out a free agent. And I did say at the start of that episode, we're not going to announce free agents to keep it a mystery for the listeners. But I was that devastated about getting the honky-tonk man that I just let his name slip a couple of times. <laughs> but uh, I need to remember to not mention free agent names at the end of this one today if, if free agents pop up. Yes, indeed. So, uh, what happened last month with your show, mate? Yeah, so we had WWF Backlash. A uh, quick recap of some key matches here. The Funks, Terry and Dory Funk Jr. defeated the Briscoes, Jack and Gerald for the number one contendership to the WWF World Tag Team Championship. China defeated Alundra Braze for the WWF Women's number one contendership by Countout. Antonio Inoki defeated Rowdy Roddy Piper for the WWF World Heavyweight 
Championship number one contendership. Um, WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett announced the first WWF European Champion will be crowned at In Your House this month's pay-per-view. Immortal Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle, the champions, retained over the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk, with Paul Allen in their corners for the WWF World Tag Team Championships after it was ruled no contest when Deborah ran into the ring, making her debut and aligning herself with Immortal. Wendy Richter, the women's champion, defeated Jacqueline to retain, and Booker T, the world heavyweight champion, defeated Mark Henry to retain. No, that's awesome. Um, and also you had a, an amazing segment the night after WrestleMania for your show uh, with Mike Tyson joining DX. That was incredible. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still really jealous about our, our new format of us taking turns at reading our weekly TVs. I'm still really jealous about uh, your DX segments completely taken the track off the tires, so to speak, for my NWO angle I was building up. So bravo to you. You did what I was trying to do just a little bit better. So last month, WCW had uncensored a night of violence from Philadelphia. There was a segment involving the outsiders and Mean Gene, the whole you know who we are, but you don't know why we're here promo. And we set up a six-man match at Bash at the Beach for this episode. The Outsiders and a Mystery Man versus, well, it gets announced that it's Austin and Flair and a third man as well. Basically, if the NWO wins, they get title matches whenever they want, wherever they want. And if Team WCW wins, they basically get the exact same thing as well as an added incentive to sort of get along, so to speak. We also had later beating Gal Kim in a last woman standing match for the uh, women's title, crazy Shane McMahon style spot fest. We had the Wild Samoans uh, lose to the debuting tag team, uh, Rikishi and his mystery partner, Yoko Zuna, the new team of Too Thick with two Cs. Um, we had a segment where MTV Music News announced that the Macho Man Randy Savage is releasing a rap album. We had the Blade Runners becoming the number one contenders for the tag titles. Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard defeating the Rock and Roll Express in a two out of three falls tag title match. Had Rick Rude win the hardcore title. We had a fatal four-way for the number one contendership for the women's uh, title, which AJ Lee won. And we had a Yappa Pie strap match between Hogan and Flair, which Flair ended up winning. And, oh, yeah, also Edge won the US title earlier in the night. Completely skipped over that. Uh, and Flair ended up winning the Yappa Pie strap match with the help from Edge, who joined the Four Horsemen with Lita. And Barry Windham is out of the Four Horsemen. Uh, There's a bit of a brawl with the outsiders to end the show and Austin and Flair sort of bickering how they're going to get along. WCW was in trouble. Oh, no. Yeah, so a lot going on there. <laughs> and, yeah, we're heading towards Bash at the Beach 
for WCW and we're heading towards In Your House for the WWF. And why wait any further? Let's just get straight into it. You're up first this time, uh, Chris. Uh, WWF Raw is War. Yeah, so week one from Charlotte, North Carolina in the United States of America. Show opens with commentary talking up another big story from WWF.com following backlash. WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett has a major announcement for tonight, but more on that later. As they cut to a video of Andre the Giant backstage, saying he is challenging anyone for the final WWF European Championship qualifying match in Paris, France. Oh, that's perfect. First match of the night, the Road Warriors beat local talent in quick fashion, then issue an open challenge to anyone to face them at In Your House for the number one contendership. China and Tyson come down to the ring. She states she was informed by WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett that the WWF Executive Board will strip China of her championship match at In Your House following the attack on Alundra Blaze. China states that she wanted Alundra to suffer in the ring. And can we please roll the security footage? It shows China and Tyson walking through Gorilla at the same time Alundra stumbles out of her locker room. Then China says, can you please rewind? And as we do, we see a fine Alundra enter her locker room as China and Tyson are in the DX locker room. So, you try to stop me. You just brought a knife to a gunfight, bitch. (laughs) WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett comes down to the ring for the major announcement. Next week, we'll have the first WWF Brawl for All, which is open to all competitors. Winners will receive both a unique championship opportunity and become the first WWF Hardcore Champion. Oh, I was going to say, I was getting Lucha Underground flashbacks with the phrasing of unique opportunity. Remember that? Dario? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Opening round begins next week on Raw, and the final will take place at In Your House on pay-per-view live from London, England. Good luck. Love it. The Hart Foundation, Brett and Jim Neidhart, beat local talent in quick fashion, and post-match they stayed on the microphone. They'll answer the Road Warriors Open Challenge. Ooh, that's big. And then in the main event, the first WWF European Championship qualifying match, Roddy Piper versus Stevie Ray. Good 10-minute television match. Ultimately, Piper gets the win here to be the first man to advance. That's awesome. So already coming out of first week of Brawl, we've got the Brawl for All announced. The European title tournament is underway and China's setting up that she was innocent in the attack on Alundra. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I actually thought... I thought you might be turning your European title tournament into a Brawl for All just out of convenience. (laughs) But... um, (laughs) Which is probably what lazy me would have done, to be honest. But I actually like you running uh, the two tournaments going forward at the moment. And um, it doesn't sort of clash because they're completely different styles and all that sort of stuff. And the whole Andre in France thing, like sometimes I forget Andre's French because like the whole he's just a giant thing is way more important to me than what country he's from. So, yeah, I sometimes forget about his 
heritage. But uh, very good week one. Thank you. Uh, I suppose we go over to Monday Nitro. Yeah, well, uh, so get ready for some very heavy, like promo heavy TV shows coming out of WCW these four weeks. WCW Nitro heading towards Bash of the Beach. Uh, once again, all four weeks are from the Disney MGM Studios. Lazy booking. <laughs> Don't you mean lazy Susan Ring? Exactly, exactly. I still need to figure out a way to do the Lazy Susan Battle Royal and the ring just spins really fast and whoever can stay in the ring while it spins real fast wins. <laughs> It'd be better than a casino Battle Royal. <laughs> Definitely better than the last the last casino Battle Royal. Actually, no, all of them, yeah, except for Shaz's spot. <laughs> um all right, Nitro, week one, heading towards Bash at the Beach. We start Nitro off with a very signature Nitro style of kicking off a TV show. It's a white limo arriving, and it's the horsemen all carrying their gold. Blair in a suit, Arn and Tully come out, tag titles. Edge and Leader come out at the very end with their titles as well. We got a new horseman in WCW. And we go back in the arena. This was announced the night before. It is a 10-man battle royal for the number one contendership for the US title at Bash at the Beach. Uh, we got 10 men in the ring. It is the Von Eriks, the Dudleys, Barry Windham, Rikishi, Michael Hayes, the Rock and Roll Express, and the debuting, well, there's a honky-tonk man. Yeah, the honky-tonk man making his debut in WCW. He's a tonky-tonk man, he's a honky-tonk man, he's a honky-tonk man, he's a honky-tonk man. <laughs> he's cool. <laughs> he's tucky. He's bad. He's very bad. <laughs> um, we, we kick off the Battle Royal. Gibson eliminates Devon. Bubba eliminates Gibson. Morden eliminates Bubba with the clothesline. But they both end up going out at the same time. So the Rock and Rolls and the Dudleys all out already. Michael Hayes gets a shock elimination on Kerry Von Erich. But then Kevin Von Erich eliminates Michael Hayes. Uh, so, so we're already down to four people in this battle royal. Final four is Kevin Von Erich, Rikishi, Barry Windham, and the Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man gets a massive shock elimination on Rikishi after Rikishi went for a clothesline and Honky ducked, pulled down the ropes, and Rikishi fell out. Barry Windham throws Kevin Von Erich over the top rope, but he skims the cat whilst Windham focuses on Honky Tonk Man. Wyndham eliminates Honky Tonk Man, but turns around into a big drop kick from Kevin Von Erich, who sends Barry Wyndham flying over the top rope, and Kevin Von Erich gets the shock underdog victory to become the number one contender for the US title at Bash at the Beach. Wow. So, so uh, throwing a curveball at y'all there. Honky Tonk looks furious on the outside and is about to hit Wyndham with his guitar, but he takes a deep breath and eventually shakes Barry's hand and they walk back to the locker room together. 
Kerry comes in the ring, celebrates with his brother Kevin. Kevin Von Erich versus Edge, US title, bash at the beach. The four horsemen, I probably shouldn't call them the four horsemen anymore because there's like five. The horsemen come out for a promo. Blair talks about how the horsemen had a weak link in the team. And if you don't believe me, have a look at what happened tonight. Wyndham was the man who suggested to bring JJ back in the fold. Wyndham was meant to be the one who made sure JJ didn't lose his cool and lose his position on the board. We had all the power in and out of the ring, but JJ and Barry got too big for their own britches. So we had to look to an alternative. Over the past few months, we had, with the help of JJ admittedly, hired a mercenary of sorts to help take out Hogan before the title match at the Great American Bash. We also needed we also needed help getting Randy Savage out of the picture. Every time we asked this man to do something for us, he delivered, whilst Barry would fail. He failed tonight. He failed in the original US title tournament. He failed in the handicap match against Austin. And he was failing last night on pay-per-view. So I made the decision that it was time to bring some fresh blood into the horseman. So ladies and gentlemen, give a round of applause to the newest horseman, the US champion, Edge. And of course, the first horsewoman, the woman's champ leader. Edge cuts a promo on Kevin Von Erich saying he's not worried about him at Bash of the Beach. Lita cuts a promo on AJ Lee, says she isn't worried about her either. Arn and Tully talk about how Sting and Warrior might be big and strong, but they don't have cohesion as a team that Arn and Tully do. Blair then talks again about how he knows that Hogan is part of the NWO. But quite frankly, he doesn't care. Hogan can no longer challenge for the title as long as Flair has the gold. He just hopes Austin stays out of his way at Bash at the Beach so they can get rid of Hall, Nash, and most importantly, Hogan for good. The horsemen all walk up the ramp and head towards the backstage area. But the outsiders sneak attack Arn and Tully. They hit Arn and Tully with chairs. Edge and Leader run away. But the outsiders start to attack Flair. But Austin comes out for the save. Outsiders retreat. But Austin then starts trading strikes with Flair. Security eventually pulls them apart. So how's Team WCW going to get along? All that sort of good stuff. Uh, Yeah, like I said, lengthy promo there. (laughs) Oh, that's all good. And, yeah, like, somewhere in this show we get Yoko in a squash match. He squashes someone. AJ Lee squashing some local talent as well. Yeah, just lazy booking there. But No, it's just the, the fact that we both use the term local talent because... <laughs> yeah, we're WWE brainwashed here, aren't we? We don't want to use... Like, I think because we said we don't want someone using someone out of the free agent pool. Like, we don't want you to use Brody and have him be squashed and then you draft Brody the next week. Yeah, like... We can feasibly bring in, like, whoever from the free agent pool for one night. But, like, out of respect for future draft or free agent considerations, like, 
Yeah, I'm better off just squashing unnamed local talent instead. Um, so we've got another big segment coming up here. We have Bobby Heenan, Rick Rude, and the Wild Samoans in the ring. They are all in suits. They are here for two reasons. One, to celebrate Rick Rude becoming the first hardcore champion. He then says he understands the 24-7 rule is now in place. But good luck to anyone getting past my wild Samoans to get to the champ. Reason number two is because they want to welcome back from injury Mr. Perfect. So as you recall, last month I couldn't use Mr. Perfect. He was out injured. I drew that unfortunate card. Um, Mr. Perfect comes out, but he's in a he's in a t-shirt, jeans, and some cowboy boots. He looks pissed. Bobby jokingly says that it was nice of him to dress up, but Perfect cuts him off and says, Shut up, Bobby. Perfect says that Bobby knew months ago that the hardcore title invitational was going to happen. Heenan promised Perfect months ago that he would move mountains to make Perfect the final entrant and he would make sure that Perfect was the hardcore champion. And then when Perfect got injured, which he says he doesn't blame Rikishi for because he was a week away from doing the exact same thing to Rikishi. Bobby promised that he wouldn't put any of his men in the hardcore division until Perfect is recovered and ready to claim the title. He also promised Perfect that Perfect would get paid every week he was injured personally from Heenan's own pocket. And that the Heenan family would come visit him every day and help him get ready for his return. You know how much Perfect got paid while he was injured? Nothing. You know how many times they came to visit? Zero. He says that he is done with the Heenan family. He's done with Rick Rude. And I'm going to take that hardcore title from you. And Heenan, I'm going to make sure you no longer screw over and mooch off professional athletes who sacrifice their body for your own personal agendas. But you know who did visit me? You know who did make sure I came back stronger than ever? They forgave me. They made me realize I was nothing but a pawn in your own vendettas. And out come too thick. They take out the Samoans. Perfect's left alone in the ring with Rude. Perfect attacks Rude. He strips Rude of his suit shirt. Strips him of his jacket. He puts Rude's pants around his ankles and rolls him up as a referee slides in the ring. 24-7 rules. But Heenan breaks the pin. And Heenan quickly flees with the hardcore title and a half-naked Rick Rude. Mr. Perfect grabs the mic and says, I know after tonight, this is as close as I'll get to using the 24-7 rule on you, Rude. I know you'll run like a coward. So how about this? How about we book a match? Since you love dressing up in tuxedos so much, how about you and me, Bash at the Beach, hardcore tuxedo match for your hardcore title? Heenan goes to say no. But Rick Rude grabs the mic out of pure rage and accepts. Can I ask, what yes. is a hardcore tuxedo match? 
I'm just doing a tuxedo match with weapons. Ooh, sounds good. Yeah, it's. I, I think this counts as using it. I'm just, I'm just uh, blending the hardcore title with the task tuxedo match stipulation. That's pretty much all it is. <laughs> uh, Sting and Warrior, accompanied by Fuji, beat Jimmy Garvin and Buddy Roberts. Warrior wins after Fuji throws his powder, and once again, Sting was distracted while it happened. Uh, we've got Eddie Guerrero, who cuts a promo about how confused he was about Mankind's continuous attacks, but he understands that if he wants it to end, he has to do it on Mankind's terms. Mankind cuts a promo on Eddie in a boiler room. Mankind has a shrine of Eddie with lots of pictures of Eddie with his eyes crossed out. Mankind talks about how much he loves Eddie. But if Eddie wants to be a champion in this company, he has to be able to take a beating and be able to beat someone like Mankind. Everyone talks about how Eddie is the future of this company with his technical wrestling. But Mankind believes Eddie doesn't know what it's like to fight for his life when blood is pouring down his face. Either you prove that I'm right, Eddie, and destroy you in a barbed wire cage, or you prove that everyone else is right, and you show me that you have the ability to take a licking and keep on ticking. Prove to me, Eddie, that you can carry this company long after I'm gone, but don't worry, I won't be taking it easy on you. Mankind then shows a teddy bear with Eddie's face taped to it. He then wraps barbed wire around his fists and then he completely shreds the bear with barbed wire. And that's all from week one of Nitro. Very promo heavy. Very good, though. Yeah, just setting up some stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, Mr. Perfect face turn. Surprise. <laughs> um, uh, we said we had the horsemen all in one promo, pretty much cut promos on their uh, contenders for their titles at Bash at the Beach, set up the Outsiders and Austin and Flair, uh, all that sort of good stuff. Uh, Kevin Von Erich is the number one contender for the US title, something different. Wow, yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Without further ado, week two, Hoggy. Oh, yeah, so Raw. Uh, week two from Berlin, Germany in Europe. Home of Das Wunderkind. <laughs> Love it. First match of the night, Brawl for All, round one, match one. All the competitors are a mystery until it's revealed. So the Brawl for All rules are three one-minute rounds, points are awarded, Five points for most punches per round, five points for a takedown, and ten points for a knockdown. A knockout ends the brawl. So, yeah. Brawl for all, round one, match one. The mystery competitors are revealed to be the Road Dog versus Jack Briscoe. In the third round, Jack Briscoe is injured and the match is waved off, meaning the Road Dog advances. Uh, um, I'm blown away by that result. <laughs> We then go to an Alundra Blaze interview via video from her home. She's in her neck brace following the attack at Backlash, saying she knows there's only one woman who could have done this to her. Interesting. Then Ricky Steamboat beats local talent. Post-match, he calls out Mill Masquerade for a match at In Your House. 
There's then the tag team contract signing. Immortal signed first. Police with themselves as Deborah's been granted manager's license. So she'll be in their corner while the Funks have no help on their side. Uh, next is Brawl for All, round one, match four. Gerald Briscoe versus Billy Gunn. And in the first round, Gerald Briscoe is knocked out and the match is waved off, meaning Billy Gunn advances. Wow. Yeah, trust me, this will all make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can I can see what you could do here, so yeah. <laughs> Later, Mil Mascarez beats local talent, possibly a certain dancer. <laughs> 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 yeah, accepts. yeah, that's fine. You know what? Because of where you are, let's just say Mil Mascaris beat Alex Wright. Yeah, and afterwards he gets on the mic and accepts Ricky's challenge for the match at In Your House. Uh, main event of Raw Week 2 is the second WWF European qualifying match, Triple H versus Jake the Snake Roberts. Good 10-minute match, and ultimately Jake gets a win here and advances along with Roddy Piper to the final. No, nah, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's Raw Week 2 there. A lot more going on there. We've got the uh, light heavyweight guys in a match on the pay-per-view. First two Brawl for All results. Yeah. Alundra injury update and a another European match advancing. Yeah, exactly. Ah, it's awesome. Um, all right, Nitro Week 2. Austin arrives backstage in his pickup truck, but Sam... But he is ambushed by the outsiders. A limo arrives and the horsemen come out and chase off the outsiders who retreat into the arena. Ric Flair then continues beating on Austin. He then picks up a lead pipe and smashes it repeatedly into Austin's pickup truck. How are they going to get along? In the arena, we kick off the matches tonight with Barry Windham and the Honky Tonk Man versus the Rock and Roll Express. Lengthy match, but but the strange pairing of Wyndham and Honky start to take control. But a no contest is called when the outsiders come in and attack everyone with chairs. They attack both teams, referees, cameramen, spray paint NWO on everyone. Uh, The entire locker room comes out and chases off the outsiders. They are... The Outsiders retreat into the crowd. The Outsiders are doing Hulk Hogan's signature poses, taunting the entire locker room. The announcers note that the only WCW roster member that isn't there, besides Flair and Austin, who just beat the holy heck out of each other in the parking lot, the only roster member that's not there is Hulk Hogan. Yeah, uh, the Wild Samoans have a surprisingly quick victory over... Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy. Hayden announces that Rude is in an undisclosed location preparing for his hardcore tuxedo match. So nobody will be interfering with his training to cash in on the 24-7 rule. Uh, Mr. Perfect interrupts and says that Rude is a coward for hiding from him and all the challengers that want the hardcore title. He then says, I might not be hardcore, but deep down, I'm just a man who likes to listen to country music, have a few beers, and getting into a good old-fashioned fight. You see, Heenan, nobody's perfect. Not even me, although I'm pretty damn close. But you can just call me who I am. I'm a West Texas redneck. 
I'm Kurt Hennig. And at the bash at the beach, this good old country boy isn't just going to strip Rude of his clothes. I'm going to strip him of his hardcore title and show the world a real fighting champion. So, uh, yeah, slight gimmick change there and everything. Um, Did you say West Texas Redneck? Yep. Oh, boy. Trust me, everything's going to make sense in the long run. We get the world premiere of Macho Man's debut rap video, Tear It Up. Yeah, so that's the gist of it. I like this a little hip-hop mixed with a little rock and roll. Uh-huh. The music video just features Macho Man in a similar attire to his 99 WCW run, leather pants, see-through mesh tank top, backwards leather paddy cap, wearing lots of bling, and uh, if you search up Macho Man in a pink fur jacket from 1999, he's wearing that jacket as well. We see two men behind him the entire music video. They are wearing black ski masks, leather gloves, jeans, leather jackets with shirts underneath that say Savage Security. JR and Jesse at commentary are actually quite surprised with how good the music video and the song itself was. <laughs> they also state that Matro did a show in LA, then New York. Oh my. My God, you couldn't have even written this. <laughs> what a coincidence this is. Uh, then flew to Europe and has done a show in Germany at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of weird coincidence is this? And and is now currently in Amsterdam and will be traveling all across Europe this week, then heading to Japan and Australia. Then they throw to footage from Macho Man's first concert on his world tour last week that kicked off in L.A. So footage from the L.A. show, Macho was performing Turn It Up live. Very rowdy crowd. Two members of the crowd jump up onto the stage. They try to get to Macho Man. The first guy runs towards Macho and the masked Savage security member gives him what appears to be a huge... One-armed spine buster on the stage. The other audience member goes to check on the other guy, but the other masked savage security man almost takes the fan's head off with a huge clothesline. Sounds interesting. Sounds familiar. Uh, Macho never skipped a beat, continuing to rap, and then he lays the boots into the two fans and finishes his song. So, something different going on here. Um, we then get Too Thick quickly squashing uh, Buddy Roberts and Jimmy Garvin from the Freebirds. After the match, Samoans attack Too Thick and hit flying headbutts on both men. Heenan then announces that there will be a rematch between Too Thick and the Samoans at Bash at the Beach. And he pulled a few strings and the winning team will get a shot at the tag titles because he's that confident the Samoans will win this time. AJ Lee versus Beth Phoenix, a good lengthy match. AJ wins with the roll-up, and afterwards, Lita comes out and taunts AJ for being too small to be a threat for a title. But then AJ beats down Lita. 
We see a video of Kevin Von Erich training with his brother. He talks about how he loves his brother, but Kerry has always had the spotlight in the Von Erich family for his looks, his ability, his strength. He then says a bash at the beach. He finally gets his opportunity to show the world what he's made of. Edge better not underestimate me because I'm coming to make sure I'm the new US champion. Uh, the main event is Sting versus Arn Anderson with Tully at ringside. After 10 minutes, Sting is down and Tully has the ref distracted. Mr. Fuji throws powder in Arn's eyes and Warrior takes out Tully. Sting hits us. Sting a splash, puts on the Scorpion Deathlock for the win. Afterwards, uh, afterwards, Fuji and Warrior continue attacking Arn and Tully, but Sting tries to stop them. He doesn't want any of this sort of nonsense going on. Flair comes out to save Arn and Tully, but Austin stops him on the ramp, attacks Flair. Nitro ends with the commentators talking about how clearly Sting and Warrior having a clash of in-ring philosophies, if you will, and how are Team WCW going to beat the NWO when the two announced members can't stop beating each other up? So we go to week three from Rome, Italy, in Europe. Kicks off with Brawl for All, round one, match two. Luke Williams versus X-Puck. In the second round, Luke Williams is knocked out and the match is waved off, meaning X-Puck advances and he'll face Road Dog in the first semi-final. This is... Uh, okay. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm catching what you're throwing. I think I am anyway. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, women's contract signing. China is fired up saying that Wendy will get hell at In Your House for trying to take this opportunity away from her. And to prove Wendy won't be cheating, Tyson will be in her corner. Very good. Co-main event, Brawl for All, round one, match three. Mark Henry versus Butch Miller. In the first round, Mark Henry is injured and the match is waved off, meaning Butch Miller advances and he'll face Billy Gunn in the second semi-final. Uh, main event of the night, the third WWF European Championship qualifying match. The Iron Sheik versus Jushin Thunderliger. Good back and forth, 10-minute match. Ultimately, Sheik advances by putting Liger in the camel clutch. And we go off the air. Awesome week three. Uh, really, really excited about these uh, tournaments, to be honest. And I really enjoy the change of scenery in Europe. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, Nitro, week three. Show opens with an announcement from Main Gene. The bo board of directors is worried about the chemistry in, in Team WCW. So they've come up with a solution. Austin and Flair are not allowed to lay as much as a finger on each other, and for that matter, not even a member of the Horsemen's allowed to lay a finger on Austin until after the match at Bash at the Beach. If they manage to restrain themselves until after the pay-per-view, then they will get to have a non-title match against each other at Nitro the night after Bash at the Beach. They can't restrain themselves. They will both be fined $100,000 and both men will be removed from the match at Bash at the Beach. Too Thick have a hard-fought win over the Dudleys. After the match, Yoko talks about how hyped he is and can't wait to whoop the Samoans at the Bash and then win the tag titles at Road Wild. Eddie Guerrero beats Barry Windham clean. After the match, Honky Tonk Man consoles Barry and they leave together. 
Eddie cuts a promo on Mankind. Lights go off and come back on and a bouquet of flowers in, is in the ring, but it's wrapped in barbed wire. Eddie shakes his head and leaves. But he is assaulted in the entranceway by Mankind, who throws him off the stage and then dives off the stage with a big elbow on Eddie. Mankind then has a barbed wire bat and instead starts hitting himself with it. He says, look at me, Eddie. This means nothing to me. I love this. You can't win, Eddie. Edge and Lita are backstage hanging out with Flair, but Arn and Tully aren't there. Edge thanks him for making him a horseman. He reminds Flair how much trouble Arn and Tully had beating the R&R, the Rock and Roll Express. He says that he won't fail Flair like the other horsemen have in the past. Uh, he says that his impact on the horsemen will be remembered forever and he'll prove that when he quickly beats Kevin Von Erich on pay-per-view. Flair the whole time can't keep his eyes off of Lita. Edge says he and Lita will do anything to keep Flair happy. Edge says that what is Edge's is also Flair's as the three of them laugh. Arn and Tully come in and ask what they are talking about, and Edge says, oh, nothing, just talking about where we're going to go after Nitro to style and profile. Flair simply says, man, I love this guy. So, yeah, just building up the chemistry there, and we get two locals in the ring who get beaten by the debuting Laycool. Laycool, after the match, smear makeup and lipstick all over their downed opponents. So, yeah. Lakel's here now. Pretty excited Ooh. about that. Um, Mikey Bugger. You really could have screwed me over in that draft when I drafted Michelle McCool. You could have just taken Layla and ruined everything for me. So tip of the hat to you, sir. Great sportsmanship. And I, st- and I stole one of your top guys. <laughs> <laughs> I figured... <laughs> I figured I should let you at least have them because I took the Bellas with one pick. Yeah, that's true too. I should have been able to have Lakel in one pick now that you bring that up. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh, Tully Blanchard with Arn Anderson versus Ultimate Warrior with Fuji and Sting. Arn has the ref distracted. Fuji's about to hit Tully with his cane, but Sting pulls Fuji down off the apron and Warrior gets upset. Tully puts out a roll of Tully pulls out a roll of quarters out of his pocket and hits Warrior with it, and Tully pins the ultimate warrior. After the match, Tully and Arn leave and Sting and Fuji start arguing in the ring. But Warrior tries to be a mediator between the two. Sting just leaves. Kurt Hennig comes out for a match against Michael Hayes. Hennig wins with the Hennig Plex. After the match, Hennig cuts another promo about how much of a coward Rude is. And when he becomes hardcore champion, he'll defend the title 24-7. Rude shows up on the obscenely expensive Turnatron 5000, uh, the big screen, if you will. He talks about how Rick Rude is the embodiment of hardcore. If you don't believe me, how about every man in the crowd asks their girlfriends and wives how when they think about Rick Rude, they think hardcore. Rude talks about how him and Henny grew up together in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. You're not a, you're not from Texas. They fought in all the same bar fights. They came up from nothing together. They went to high school together. They became superstars together. 
that's why Rude is confused. Why would you bite the hand of Bobby Hayden that's been feeding you for years? Why would you ruin a good thing? I bet your paychecks are a lot lighter than they used to be. Can you even afford a tuxedo for our tuxedo match? Ah, well, Kurt, I genuinely loved you like a brother, but I have to teach you a lesson at Bash at the Beach. I'm not going to let your self-destructive ways mess with my money and my lifestyle. Kurt says he'll see him at the bash, and he'll show up in his nicest Canadian tuxedo like the redneck he is. All denim. But rude, it sure sounds like you lost your balls. I guess we're going to find out if they are where they are meant to be when I strip you of your tux and title at the bash. Uh, AJ Lee has a match against the debuting Molly Holly. Molly Holly wins after Edge distracts the referee and later nails AJ with the title. Molly Holly completely oblivious to all of it because she was down for it. Uh, We get a video of Macho Man in Amsterdam on his world tour from last week. We see a video of him backstage at his concert. Savage security in the background and Savage is with Snoop Dogg. Snoop talks about how Savage is the hottest rapper on the scene and his Madness World Tour is the craziest thing he's ever been to. Macho is the man full shizzle, he says. Macho then announces that he will be debuting a new music video at Bash at the Beach. And quick reminder that he'll be performing live at WCW Road Wild the month after. Uh, main event time, Ric Flair comes out and he's going up against Kevin Von Erich in a non-title match. Kevin starts to get the upper hand, but Edge comes out and spears Kevin for the DQ. Von Erich wins by DQ. Edge and Von Erich brawl up the entrance way. We then see on the Turnatron that Arn and Tully have been laid out backstage and they have NWO spray painted on them. Flair's alone in the ring. The outsiders come out. They are beating on Flair. But Austin comes out. Austin gets the upper hand on the outsiders. Outsiders retreat. Flair and Austin start trash-talking each other, but remember, they can't touch. Flair spits on Austin. Austin keeps his cool, flips Flair off, and leaves to end Nitro for... That's the end of week three. Oh, wow. You got a lot building up there. Yeah, man. Um, For my pay-per-views to really work, I need to make the most of my TV shows. Context is king, so they say. Come on, no TV week card. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be screwed if that happens. (laughs) Uh, WCW.com article. (laughs) Yeah. uh, uh, Do you remember when, like, the whole... Yeah, we talked about this before, when the whole... ACW thing was just going to be a thing on the WWE website originally. Yeah, when Shane wanted to run it. Yeah, I'll just uh, use the most of my relationship with AOL Time Warner and uh, chuck it <laughs> chuck it on the internet. <laughs> I'm sure that'll go down great in 97. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, AOL Time Warner and WCW, best mates. <laughs> oh, even the dial-up internet at the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. All right. Go home show. Raw is war. What's that? Go home. See you next week. All right. See ya.
Yeah, no, I was saying go home show Tanaka. Go home show. <laughs> go home Tanaka. Uh, Taichi go home. That's what they always chanted him. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, week four. Hit us. <laughs> week four, Paris, France in Europe. Brawl for All kicks us off. First semi-final, Road Dog versus X-Pac. And in the second round, Road Dog is injured and the match is waved off, meaning X-Pac advances to the final. Um, then we have a world heavyweight contract signing. Booker T seems poised as Anoki has a thousand-yard stare, his sole objective being to win the championship. Booker says, I'll have Stevie in my corner as he offers a handshake to Anoki, but Anoki just taps on the title before walking away. Uh, Co-main event of the night, a brawl for all match, second semi-final, Butch Miller versus Billy Gunn. In the first round, Butch Miller is knocked out and the match waved off, meaning Billy Gunn advances and he'll face X-Pac in the final. Main event of the night, the final WWF European Championship qualifying match. Andre the Giant comes down to the ring, huge hometown hero style welcome. WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett appears on the stage and says, Please welcome the newest signee to the World Wrestling Federation and Andre the Giant's opponent for tonight. From Italy, Bruno San Martino. How did I not even think about that? Oh, man. Good work. I, f- I forgot all about him, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you, you did well. You worked me. So it's a match that never happened. Never happened. No. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. They were like the two biggest draws in the 70s. Yeah, well, I guess Andre wasn't really challenging for the title at the time Bruno held it. He was yeah. more sort of the big giant in the middle of the card. Yeah, he's the big attraction. Yeah, the big attraction, if you will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is Bruno's debut match here. Andre, being the bigger man, just batters Bruno around. Worn down, Andre manages a choke slam for the pinfall victory to advance to the final, and we go off the air. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, that um, that Bruno thing swerved me big time. But yeah, gr- great build-up to In Your House. I'm very curious to see how the rest of this goes. All right, week four, WCW Nitro. Uh, go home show before Bash at the Beach. We kick off Nitro with uh, Rikishi with Yoko versus Uffa with Seeker and Heenan match. Uh, Rikishi wins by DQ after Seeker gets involved. All men and all four men end up brawling all over the ringside area, back up the ramp. Heenan's left alone in the ring, and Kurt Hennig comes out. He's threatening to hit Heenan, but Rude comes out of nowhere and attacks Hennig. Hits him with his title. Hits him with the chair. Hennig's bleeding. Heenan brings out a ref. Rude pins Hennig. Just to mess with Hennig. He made the most of his own 24-7 rule. And Rude pins Hennig. Heenan announces and still your hardcore champion, Rick Rude. See you Sunday, redneck. As Rude strips Hennig of his shirt, cowboy boots, and jeans. It's announced that tonight the main event will be Ric Flair and Edge versus the Von Erics. Uh, Trish Stratus and Gal Kim cut a promo backstage saying that Lake Hall's debut last week was disgusting. 
They challenged Lakehall to a tag match at Bash at the Beach. Lakehall walk in and accept. They have bottles of perfume with them and spray Trish and Gale in the face with the perfume and leave. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So they're just kind of like the beautiful people, the allure, that sort of mean girls tag team. I would say they're just being Lakehall, what Lakehall used to do with their with the makeup and the perfume that uh, some would... There's a weird argument to be made, like what came first, Beautiful People or Lakehall, because they were doing the exact same gimmick around the same time. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely... There's definitely a Beautiful People crossover to it. Fair enough. Uh, sorry, yeah. continue on. Yeah. Um, Sting and Warrior squash some locals, and Sting cuts a promo on Warrior saying that he doesn't trust Mr. Fuji. He thinks Mr. Fuji is corrupting Warrior... And guys like us, the Blade Runners, with our size, our agility, our strength, we don't need to rely on devious tactics to win gold. Mr. Fuji tells Sting to shut up. Sting's about to hit Fuji, but Warrior pushes Sting away. Warrior and Sting look like they're about to go at it. But Arn and Tully sneak attack all three men. They repeatedly hit Sting with Fuji's cane and take out Sting's knees. They hit the spike pile driver on Warrior. They leave holding their titles aloft. Mankind comes out, cuts a promo on Eddie Guerrero. Mankind then squashed a local, puts an Eddie Guerrero face cut out on his opponent as he gets his barbed wire bat and scrapes it against the face mask, tearing the face mask into little paper shreds. Eddie comes out for the save. Eddie has the bat and swings it wildly at Mankind, but Mankind retreats. Uh, Lita comes out mocking AJ Lee's entrance. She then beats a local quickly and then cuts a promo on AJ again about her height. AJ comes out, attacks Lita. AJ locks on the Black Widow and Lita taps out for the visual there. AJ holds the title high above her head in front of Lita. Uh, Mean Jean has an interview with Barry Windham and Honky Tonk Man. Honky says that Barry has had a rough patch as of late. He's here to help remind Barry that he's a tough southern boy that can whoop anyone's uh, behind, if you will. Barry then says that fans have been asking him, why haven't you been getting back at the horseman? He then reveals that a few weeks ago, Barry received a restraining order and is not allowed within 50 feet of any of the horsemen. But one of these days, he'll get his revenge. For the time being, him and Honky are going to regroup and they have been talking to an old friend about getting the band back together. Austin cuts a promo on then WO. He calls them dumb sons of bitches and Ric Flair a dumb son of a bitch. He then says, quite frankly, he doesn't give a rat's ass what the NWO does to WCW. But quite frankly, I kind of respect it. But they ain't going to come in here and try to make a name for themselves at my expense. Ah, ah. And as for Flair, I ain't going to touch you until after the pay-per-view. But next week on Nitro, I'll whoop your ass, son. And then one day down the road, I'll take that title from you. Because, you know, it's the bottom line and all that sort of good stuff. Uh, Flair and Edge versus the Von Erics. 
Von Erich's won by DQ after Edge takes Kerry Von Erich outside and hits a concerto on him. The outsiders then come out. They lay out security. They lay, lay out refs. They lay out cameraman. All that stuff all over again. They beat down Kevin Von Erich. They beat down Ric Flair. Edge quickly hightails it out of there. Austin comes out, but the outsiders get the upper hand on Austin. But finally, Hulk Hogan comes out. We haven't seen him in weeks. The outsiders retreat up the entrance stage. Flair and Austin are in the ring, and Hogan is in the rampway between the two teams. The outsiders do the two sweet sign to Hogan and start doing the Hogan ear pose. Hogan looks conflicted. Hogan grabs a mic and simply says he'll be in the main event on Sunday. Bobby Heenan quickly jumps onto the commentary table and just quickly grabs a mic and says, but whose side is he on? And then leaves. And that's the end of Nitro for that month. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, sir. Well done. And yeah, so that's the build up to WCW Bash at the Beach. Um, do you want to do a quick rundown of... Actually, no, just get into your card. Bugger it. Get out of here. Get your stuff in, kid. Yeah, just get it in. Okay, so we go to WWF In Your House from Wembley Stadium, London, England, in Europe. Commentary is Lord Alfred Hayes and Captain Lou Albano. We start the night on heat. Opening match of the evening, the Brawl for All final for the WWF Hardcore Championship. X-Puck versus Billy Gunn. And after three rounds, we go to the judges' scorecards. Lord Alfred Hayes scored this bout 35-30. Captain Lou Albano scores this bout 35-30. And Gorilla Monsoon scores this bout 35-30. For the winner, by unanimous decision, and new WWF hardcore champion, X-Puck. Nothing says shooter like uh, Sean Waltman. <laughs> um, you know what? You had to do it. You, you yeah. love the man. You got to give him some props, all right? Yeah. Well, once once we're done both cards, I'll uh, let you in on how I came about doing this. Yeah, definitely. I'm very interested. So, final thing on heat commentary runs down what we'll see later tonight, including defenses of the. Tag Team Women's and World Heavyweight Championship, a number one contenders match for the tag titles. Bruno San Martino has issued an open challenge for a European Rules Showcase match, a light heavyweight showcase match, and a four corners match for the vacant WWF European Championship. So we go to the pay-per-view portion itself. So match number two is Mil Mascaros versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in a light heavyweight showcase match. It's a quick match with Ricky still being no match for Mil, who gets a quick win in under five minutes. Mil Mascaros now leads their head-to-head record in singles matches 2-0. to zero. Interesting. Match number three, the Bruno San Martino European Rules Showcase Match Open Challenge. So it is answered by... Triple H, European rules. So five three-minute rounds, 30-second break, 30-second uh, round breaks, two out of three falls, win via pinfall submission, or a knockout and the bout. First fall to Bruno in round two. 
then second four to Triple H in round four, so they're tied one each. The third four to Bruno in round five, so Bruno wins two falls to one. Uh, I'm shocked by the result, but very good work. Um, match number four. The Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk versus Heart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart for the number one contenders to the WWF World Tag Team Championship. It is a fast match. The Road Warriors are dominating. They're just pissed off, unleashing all their anger onto the Heart Foundation. It is dominant, and the Doomsday device seems to come out of nowhere on Jim. So they claim the victory here. Post-match, Paul Allen gets on the microphone, calling out the mortals, saying they want a fair rematch. Uh, I love that. Um, I do have a tough time uh, picturing Jim Neidhart agreeing to take the Doomsday device, but but it's <laughs> fantasy land, uh, so you're allowed to do whatever you want. Well, I can't <laughs> keep feeding it to Brett, can I? No, exactly. You've got to protect <laughs> Brett. Protect Brett at all costs, please. Uh, yeah, well, once you see what's coming up in the future, it'll make a bit more sense. Yeah, awesome. So, uh, video packages for our next pay-per-view event. It is King of the Ring from Madison Square Garden in New York City, New York State, the United States of America, featuring a 16-man single elimination tournament in the King of the Ring for the main event of SummerSlam. Love it. WWF pulling a 2020 New Japan with all these tournaments, but probably nowhere near as bad as New Japan, but because of these tournaments actually mean something, so don't take offence to that. <laughs> Would have been better if somebody didn't push a, <laughs> a brawl for all on me. <laughs> Any other time of the year I could have got away with it, it's these two months when I've got <laughs> two tournaments already mapped out. <laughs> yeah now that i did that that now that i know what you were planning it makes what i did so much better <laughs> uh so then wwf commissioner jim barnett comes out onto the stage holding a black velvet bag and says i'm proud to announce we will be crowning a new champion qualifying matches will be taking place on raw over the next four weeks with all winners advancing to the king of the ring tournament itself on pay-per-view Awesome. To become the first WWF Intercontinental Champion as he removes the championship from the bag to show it off to the crowd. Beautiful. Well, are, are we talking like early 90s Intercontinental title or like Attitude Era, like oval-shaped IC title? Oval-shaped. Okay. He's an Attitude Era, but ladies and gentlemen, he's an Attitude Era, boys. Uh, match number five. The WWF World Tag Team Championship match, Immortal J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T and Kurt Angle, the champions, with Deborah in their corner versus the Funks, Terry Funk and Dory Funk Jr. This match is all the Funks. As they have Jeff isolated working over the legs, Terry tags in Dory, who goes for the Cloverleaf, but as he does, Deborah runs in and attacks Dory. The referee waves the match off as a no contest, Kurt grabs the titles as he and Deborah help Jeff backstage and it's announced and still WWF World Tag Team Champions Immortal via no contest. Wow. Yeah, so trust me, once I have my next show, 
revealed, it'll make a lot more sense. Man, you gotta you gotta slowly build stuff. I get it, dude. So uh, match number six, we go to the World Heavyweight Championship match. It is Booker T with Stevie Ray in his corner versus Antonio Noki with Jushin Thunder Liger in his corner. It's a fast match with, with both men evenly matched. Anoki is trying for the drop kick as Booker T is trying for the scissor kick. Both men are fatigued as Anoki lands a drop kick and both men are down as their cornermen and the crowd cheer them on. Booker does a spinneroni and is back on his feet first, gets up, gets up Anoki and hits him with a bookend for the pin for one, two, three. And still WWF World Heavyweight Champion Booker T. Post-match, Booker offers his hand as a sign of respect, but Anoki just slaps it away as Liger helps him to the back. Very good. Man, that match would be really fun to watch. The current main event of the evening for the WWF Women's Championship, Wendy Richter, the champion, versus China with Iron Mike Tyson in our corner. It's a competitive match with China and Tyson trying to take shortcuts at every opportunity behind the referee's back. As the ref is checking on China, Tyson goes to slide a chair in the ring, but it's caught red-handed. And you're out of here. <laughs> China begins to argue with the ref as she turns around into Wendy. Wendy manages to hit a powerbomb and a sit-out DDT to a dazed China to pin her one, two, three. And still WWF Women's Champion Wendy Richter. Awesome. As Wendy is celebrating in the ring, as China is held backstage, Wendy is celebrating in the ring, saying she's cleaned out the division and starting to call herself the undisputed WWF Women's Champion. Suddenly the lights go out and a video begins to play. All we see is a silhouette in the locker room and the words flash up. The Queen arrives at King of the Ring. I'm very curious. I love this. Uh, match number eight. The main event of the evening for the vacant WWF European Championship. A four-corner match. So basically a four-way match. Yep. Isn't four-corner match where you got to touch all four corners? No, nah, no, nah, I think that's like an old school, like, uh, strap match, I think that is. Okay. Yeah. Anywho, four-man match. <laughs> yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Jake the Snake Roberts versus the Iron Sheik versus Andre the Giant. It's chaos, with, with all three men ganging up on Andre, who goes to the outside first. Then Sheik and Piper team up to eliminate the American Jake outside of the ring. It's all your typical four-way match. Where there's two in, two out. Late in the match, Andre returns. Choke slam to Jake, who rolls out of the ring. Choke slam to Sheik, who rolls outside. Choke slam to Piper. Andre pins. One, two, three. And new WWF European champion, Andre the Giant, as he celebrates in the ring with gold, comp gold confetti falling as he holds up the championship above his head. We go off the air. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. That's um, I, I thought for a second it might be Piper that gets the win, but Andre's a great choice. Also, it sort of keeps him out of the main event picture, which is what you kind of want with a babyface champ at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and sort of babyface Andre. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, babyface Andre. You, you, 
don't want uh, the fans wondering, like, why isn't the Giant, like, getting a title shot? <laughs> the Giant. <laughs> Andre's son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got a couple of things set up there. We've got um, the announcement of the King of the Ring with, with a Intercontinental Championship coming out of there. We've crowned a hardcore champion. We've crowned a European champion. The women's and world heavyweight champions both retained. Immortal sort of retained rather by nefarious means like they did the previous month. So yeah. both the Funks and the Rogue Warriors were cheated out of a title opportunity there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. We've had Bruno debut. Will Masquerez seems to be cleaning out all comers in the junior division at the moment. So, yeah. And we had Brawl for All, which I'll... Uh, talk about once you finish your show yeah yeah definitely um because i want to save this until after you've read your card all right all right so let's move to wcw bash at the beach uh as we all know i always have a tagline it's wcw bash at the beach whose side are you on (laughs) it's so corny (laughs) um we're live from the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, little nudge, nudge, wink, wink. The side of Bash at the Beach, 1996. So, Can I just point out something? Yeah. Bash at the Beach, did they ever actually hold it on a beach? Yes, 1994 or no, uh, 95, I think it was. It was one of them. Was it in uh, like one of those um, beach volleyball stadiums? No, nah, it was on the actual Huntington Beach in California. I oh, watched so, it recently. So is it just yeah. like a bunch of chairs on the flat surface of the beach? There's like so so many people like around the ring. It was insane that they were able to fit that many people on the beach. But then you sort of just see like, you can just see behind all the crowd like the ocean, which was actually a really cool visual. And they had a... Uh, Ric Flair versus Macho Man in a quote-unquote lifeguard match, which is just a lumberjack match. <laughs> By the ocean? Yeah, just a lumberjack match in the beach. But um, yeah, yeah, the only reason I ask, like, with the Olympics and beach volleyball stadiums and even a few tennis stadiums by the beach, I wasn't sure if they'd ever ran in one of those sort of stadiums. Yeah, they they probably should have if they didn't. But there was definitely one on a proper beach, which was just an awesome visual, which I was almost going to have this event from that exact same beach, but I wanted wanted to do a little wink and a nod. Very good. Uh, I'll stop interrupting and let you get to it. Yeah, no worries. Uh, JR... And Jesse Ventura welcome us, and we immediately kick off the night's matches with a tag team match. It is Gail Kim and Trish Stratus versus Lay Cool. Ten minute match, Gail and Trish have the upper hand majority of the match, but Lay Cool end up using the perfume on the eyes of their opponents. Michelle McCool hits the faith breaker on Gail for the three count, and Lay Cool beat Gail Kim and Trish Stratus. WCW US title. It is Edge versus Kevin Von Erich. Commentators talk about how Kerry couldn't make it here tonight because of the concerto from Edge on Nitro. 
Uh, 15, 20-minute match, very back and forth. Edge is visibly frustrated by how long it's taking him to beat Kevin Von Erich. Kevin has the famous Von Erich claw on Edge, but Edge pulls the referee towards both men, and the referee accidentally breaks the hold. Edge then gets up, hits the spear for the three count on Kevin Von Erich. Edge quickly grabs his title and leaves and gives a visible sigh of relief on the entrance stage. Commentators really put over Kevin Von Erich for putting up such a great fight in a match he was the clear underdog for. WCW tag title number one contender match. It's a rematch from last month's pay-per-view. It is Too Thick versus the Wild Samoans. Eight-minute match, hard-hitting. Too Thick eventually get the clean win after they hit the dueling bonsai drops on the Wild Samoans and your new number one contenders for the tag titles. Too Thick, Yokozuna and Rikishi. All right. We're getting into one of the featured attractions of the evening. It is a number one contendership match for the WCW heavyweight title. It was announced at the last pay-per-view. It is a barbed wire steel cage match. It is Mankind versus Eddie. This is like a 25-30 minute bloodbath. Mankind, um, as he enters, he throws a heap of weapons in the cage, chairs, kendo sticks, barbed wire bats, tables, pretty much everything. Eddie comes out of the gate strong with punches in bunches. Mankind eventually starts using his weapons, and both men, uh, both men end up in crimson masks. Eddie is laid out on the mat, and Mankind climbs up the cage with some wire cutters. What's he doing here? Mankind cuts a whole side of the cage's worth of the barbed wire that's surrounding the top of the cage. He takes it down to the ring. He cuts off some some more of the barbed wire and wraps it around his hand and locks in the mandible claw. Eddie is fading. It's a mandible claw with barbed wire. How can he not be fading, I guess? Uh, He's desperately reaching for any weapon he can get his hands on. And he gets the barbed wire bat and repeatedly hits Mankind in the head with it. But Mankind won't let go. He said he loves that stuff. Can't hit him in the head with it. Eddie whacks him a few more times and a few more times. Big kick in the nuts. And one more whack. And Mankind's finally down. Eddie sets up a table in the middle of the ring. He piles up all the barbed wire that Mankind got and puts it on top of the table. He then places Mankind on top of the barbed wire on top of the table and he climbs the cage on the side that is now missing barbed wire that Mankind cut off. Frog splash from the top of the cage. Three count. Eddie Guerrero is your new number one contender for the world heavyweight title at Road Wild. After the match, in the ring, Mankind is smiling. He takes off his mask and offers Eddie a handshake. Eddie looks confused, but he shakes Mankind's hand. The commentators state that maybe Eddie just earned the respect of Mankind for being tougher and more hardcore than he thought he was, and maybe that's all this was about. Bloodbath there, man. (laughs) Yeah, sounds like a really good match. 
Yes, like I, I don't really delve too much into the spot for spot thing, but for this one, it was a pretty lengthy feud, so I had to do a bit of that. Uh, we get a new Macho Man music video, this time for his song, Let's Get It On. Uh, more images of Macho's world tour, more footage of Savage Security taking out reality fans. After the video, a graphic pops up on the screen, reminding everyone that the Macho Man world tour comes to an end next month at WCW Road Wild. We then get an interview with Ric Flair backstage. Mean Gene asks Flair, whose side does he think Hogan's on? Flair says he doesn't care whose side Hogan is on. If he's with the NWO, then he knows the NWO isn't a threat because Hogan can't even challenge for his world title as long as Flair's still holding the gold. And trust me, Gene, this title ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Woo! Flair says after today, NWO was gone. And after tomorrow, Austin will be gone. And after Road Wild, Eddie's gone. But you know what won't be gone? The Nature Boy. Because diamonds are forever, and so is Ric Flair. Yeah, I'll try to give Ric Flair a bit of promo time because Ric Flair's amazing. Um, WCW, hardcore title, hardcore tuxedo match. Rick Rude versus Kurt Hennig. Rick Rude's in a nice tuxedo. You know, he's dressed to the nines. He's looking good. He's looking dapper. Kurt Hennig comes out in what he calls a Canadian tuxedo. Jean jacket, jean shirt, jeans and cowboy boots. The rules are hardcore rules. You have to remove your opponent's tuxedo jacket, shirt, pants and shoes. And only after you've removed all four articles of clothing can you pin your opponent. It's a slight alteration on the rules here. Uh, not a long match, but there's lots of weapons like... Henning even busts out some bottles of beer. He busts out a bottle of whiskey, some bull ropes, cowbells, all that sort of stuff. All the rednecky sort of uh, plunder, if you if you will. And um, Henning brings out a bull rope, whips, whips Rude with it. Rude's jacket and shirt has been removed. Rude gets up a hand and Hennig's jacket and shirt gets removed. Eventually, Hennig removes Rude's shoes. He whacks Rude with the chairs. Blood everywhere. There's weapon and debris all over the place. Hennig finally hits the Hennig plex. And while he does it, he uses the hook of the Hennig plex to reach over his head and pull down the pants off uh, Rick Rude. If you can actually think about it, you can kind of picture it with the bridge and all that. Um, he removes Rude's pants to reveal that he is, yes, yes he is, he's wearing boxes with Bobby Heenan's face on them and love hearts. Shout out to my boy Sean Spears. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Hennig then pins Rick Rude for the win and we've got a new hardcore champion. It is Kurt Hennig, Heenan's furious ringside. The Samoans come down and start to attack Hennig. But the Honky Tonk Man and Barry Windham come down and fend off the heels. This is different. Uh, Hennig gets the mic and says he got the band back together. We're the West Texas Rednecks. I'm the bass player, the heartbeat of this band. 
this is my drummer, Barry, the driving force, the power behind the band. And you all know the Honky Tonk Man. He's the lead guitarist, the flash and the sizzle of this band. And we have a challenge for you, Heenan. Next month, a road wild in front of all my country loving rednecks at Sturgis. Us three rednecks versus your family. If we lose, I'll personally lay down in the middle of this ring and let you pin me and let you have my hardcore title. And then I will never be seen again. I'll retire if I have to. But if we win, your family dissolves and you have to give up your manager's license. Hayden grabs the mic and says, if you lose, you're gone, right? Hennig nods. Hayden says, okay, you're on. So next month, West Texas Rednecks versus the Hayden family. Yeah, all right. WCW tag title match. It's the Blade Runners versus Arn and Tully. 15 minute or so match. Finish comes when Mr. Fuji gets up on the apron. Goes to throw powder in Arn Anderson's eyes, but Arn ducks. Fuji hits Sting instead. Oh, no, that's gone wrong. Tully holds off the warrior and Arn hits the spine buster on Sting for the win. And still tag champs Arn and Tully. After the match, Sting is furious and he yells at Fuji that they would have won if Fuji didn't get involved. Sting punches Fuji. Warrior pulls Sting off of Fuji. He calms Sting down. They eventually seem like they're on the same page. But it's a swerve, bro. Warrior attacks Sting. Fuji's choking Sting with a cane while Warrior goes and gets a chair. Warrior beats up Sting with the chair. He wraps the chair around Sting's neck and jumps on it. Warrior then finds a baseball bat that's been hanging around the ring since the hardcore match. And he grabs the baseball bat and he smashes it over the face of Sting who's lying on the mat. The baseball bat is split into multiple pieces. I don't know how they do this. Maybe they gimmick it or something, I guess. <laughs> he keeps hitting Sting with the remains of the bat and throws the remains on Sting and leaves with Mr. Fuji as Mr. Fuji is laughing at Sting. The Blade Runners have exploded. Sting is put into a neck brace and stretched out of the ring. Commentators speculate that it might be a very long time before we see Sting again after that attack. Aww. I like yeah, the Blade Runners. Everything has a purpose, man, and the fact that you like the Blade Runners is all the more reason as to why I broke them up. <laughs> it's heat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um... WCW women's title, AJ Lee versus Leader. 10-minute back-and-forth match. Lots of lucha spots and counters as both women are very versed in the lucha style. AJ is kicked out of the twist of fate. She kicks out of the moonsault. AJ eventually gets the Black Widow on, but Leader escapes. Leader's visibly frustrated and ends up getting a chair and hitting AJ, and AJ wins by DQ, but still your women's champ leader. So a little cheap way to get out of that one for the time being. Main Gene announces that he's heard word from the championship committee for two more title matches for Road Wild. 
Lita will have to defend her women's title once again against AJ Lee, but this time it'll be a no DQ, no count out street fight. Also, upon heavy request from a certain competitor, Edge will defend his US title against the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich at Road Wild. We get a backstage interview with Austin, says he doesn't give a crap who the third man is on his team or who the third man is for the NWO. All he cares about, for all he cares, he would rather take all three men by himself and then afterwards kick Ric Flair's ass just for fun. We get a massive video package hyping up this huge main event. It's Team NWO versus Team WCW. Uh, uh, as you recall, the winning team, each member gets a title match of their choosing whenever they want, wherever they want. So Austin comes out. Flair comes out. Both men are staring daggers through each other, but they're not allowed to touch until after tonight. They are waiting for their partner. But the outsiders come out instead, and the bell rings and looks like we aren't waiting for each team's third man. It's two on two. The outsiders versus Austin and Flair for the time being. 15 to 20 minutes go by, and neither team has a clear advantage. Austin's going for the hot tag, but Nash runs to the other side of the ring. That's right, he ran to the other side of the ring without tearing his quad. (laughs) 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 I knew I'd get you on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, man. No, that was purely designed to to completely crack you. (laughs) I'm good, I swear. (laughs) Nash then hits a jackknife on Ric Flair outside the ring on the mats above the concrete. He hasn't pulled up the mats. Nash gets back in position for the tag and Nash is in. Hall's exhausted laying on the apron. Nash is going to hit the jackknife on Austin, but Austin gets out. He hits a DDT. Austin's crawling for a hot tag, but no one is there. But Hulk Hogan's making his way down the ramp. Quickly, Bobby Heenan runs back to the commentary table and says, yeah, but whose side is he on? (laughs) (laughs) And then Bobby Heenan leaves. (laughs) Hogan's making his way down the ramp. Hogan goes to the neutral corner. Commentary ponders, whose side is Hogan on? Hogan makes his way to the corner of... Team WCW. Hogan gets the tag. Hogan comes in like a house on fire. Blows to Nash. Blows to Hall. Big boot on Hall. Big boot to the legal man, Nash. Hogan goes to bounce off the ropes for the leg drop. The referee is trying to get Hall into his corner and is distracted. But a cameraman just hit Hulk Hogan in the back with a camera. The cameraman is in his full overall jumpsuit, hat, all that sort of stuff. The cameraman gets in the ring. He removes the hat. He removes the overalls. He throws away the camera. It's Shawn Michaels. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Hall goes for the pin on Hogan, but Hogan manages to kick out. Hogan hulks up, though. How's he doing this? Nash gets a blind tag to Michaels. 
Hogan continues to attack Nash, but Michaels comes in. Sweet chin music to Hogan. Austin comes in. Sweet chin music. Flares in. Sweet chin music. Hogan staggers back up to his feet somehow. And another final sweet chin music. Michaels pins Hogan for the three count. The NWO win. Um, oh, you're going to love some of the stuff that's about to happen. I'll take a bit of a shot at you for some of the things you said last episode. (laughs) (laughs) After the match, NWO continued to attack all three members of WCW. Jackknife to Austin through the commentary table. Outsider's Edge to Hogan on the steel ramp. Like Hogan would ever take that bump, but yeah, whatever, it's fantasy. (laughs) All three men continue assaulting Flair, who's now a bloody mess. Yeah, it's a pay-per-view, it's a main event. He's got to be, he's got to be Bladen. It's Ric Flair. (laughs) It's Ric Flair, man. Various members of the WCW roster come out for the save, but then WO beat them down one by one. Von Erich's out of there. Rock and Roll Express out of there. Wyndham, Honky, Hennig, all out of there. Freebirds all get beaten down by the NWO. They're now wielding sledgehammers and hitting people with sledgehammers. Sean's about to hit a grounded flare in the head with a sledgehammer, but Arn and Tully come out wielding their titles as weapons. But they can't get the best of the numbers. All three men beat down Arn and Tully. Hall grabs a mic and says... Any place, any time, right? Well, why not right now? He throws a referee back into the ring. Hall pins on. One, two, three. New tag champs. Wow. <laughs> yeah, new tag champs. The outsiders. Hall gives the mic to Shawn Michaels, who says, Well, isn't that a wonderful idea? <laughs> and Shawn Sean picks up Ric Flair. Sweet chin music. One, two, three. New world champion. What is going on? This is absolutely ridiculous. How can they even get away with this? This is insane. Wow. New world heavyweight champion, Shawn Michaels. The NWO spray paint. NWO on some of the various casualties are all around the w- ring. Shawn gets the mic and says, hang on a minute. I have to do something I apparently always do. He smiles and hugs both Nash and Hall. Get it? (laughs) That they spray paint NWO onto all of their titles. He then says to Hall and Nash, I know I say this a lot, but nice job, kids. And then he winks at the camera. All three men do a crotch chop directly at the camera. Sean says, well, well, well. Looks like there are some new sheriffs in town. And oh boy, doesn't this sheriff look like a quote on. He's doing the air quote signal. Happy go lucky guy. What a load of crap. WC. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) They're shots, but they're not, like, too harsh or anything. Uh, Moving on. WCW was so predictable. They did everything we thought they would. They played right into our hands. You see, I was in another company, being reduced to only doing a simple run-in at a pay-per-view in February. And then when they had their supposed 
granddaddy of them all, I'm reduced to nothing but a mid-card tag team match. I ain't a mid-carder. I'm a showstopper. I'm the main event. I had no choice than to get out of that cesspool and come to the big leagues. My buddies Hall and Nash came calling. They were frustrated with their treatment. I was frustrated with my treatment. So we decided, why don't we just take this whole industry, flip it on its head, and now we're taking over. We're taking WCW. We're taking Nitro. We're taking it hostage from now on. We do what we want and when we want. This is a new world order. But most importantly, this is a click. The NWO was in control, and you're either with us or you're against us. And if you're not down with that, then we got two words for you. And he then holds the mic towards Hole and Nash and says, Too sweet! Sorry, I just had a testy pop. Um, even though that makes absolutely no sense, they've got to say too sweet. Um, we go off there with NWO posing with the desecrated tag title belts, the desecrated world heavyweight title belts. They're spray-painting NWO in the ring. Piles of bodies all around him. Commentators are in shock. They ponder, is this guy the first uncontracted world champion in history? What's going to happen? Is he even signed with us? They remind us that that don't forget tomorrow night, if they're somehow able to compete, we have Flair versus Austin tomorrow night. But most importantly, we have new tag champs and a new world champ. It's a whole new world here in WCW. And Shawn Michaels, you can go to hell. And that ends Bash at the Beach. Wow, you bugger. I didn't think you were going to answer that quite that, but you have. <laughs> <laughs> I told you last month when you were saying that stuff about Sean, I was taking note of everything you were saying. <laughs> yeah. So we've already got a few things announced for Road Wild. Um, announced for WCW Road Wild. That I'll even give away the tagline right now. It is hostile takeover. <laughs> um, that's quite generic, but the NWO is running wild, so why not? Um. The Heenan family versus the West Texas Rednecks. There's a bunch of stipulations. <laughs> Rednecks lose. Henning must lay down, give the hardcore title to Heenan, and then retire. If the Heenan family lose, they must dissolve, and, the Heen- and Heenan must give up his manager's license. We've got a U.S. title match. Edge versus Kerry Von Erich next month. We've got a women's title straight fight. Lita versus AJ Lee. And I can't believe we're saying this, but it is, it's not what we thought it was going to be at the midway point of the show, but it is WCW Tag Team Titles, The Outsiders versus Too Thick. And in the main event of Road Wild, I don't know about y'all, but this is a massive dream match. The WCW World Heavyweight title, Shawn Michaels versus Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, wow. Um, Did they ever fight over the title in the Fed? They never had a proper match, no. Ever. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> never had a singles match, at least. Wow. That's... Yep. 
Well, I suppose they were in separate companies for so long. Yeah, and then, like, Eddie was always SmackDown, Sean was always Raw, even in the mid-2000s. Um, and the ru- the heavy rumour is that, like, if Eddie didn't pass away when he did, WrestleMania 22 would have had Eddie versus Sean on it. But instead, we got Sean versus Vince McMahon. So that sort of even proves the point that it might have been Eddie versus Sean if Eddie hadn't passed away. Oh, my God. Sean versus Vince with Sean's tag team partner. What the? Yeah, the gorillas of no, not them. <laughs> no, nope, oh. the, the the other God. <laughs> yeah, not Kagura Bushi either. <laughs> no, not character. Yeah, so I'm just gonna need a second here to sort of catch my breath. I probably went the most animated I've ever gone uh, reading out my pay per view. So, oh man, I hope I still have a voice after after this episode today. <laughs> I went a bit I went a bit wild. Um so yeah, that's uh Bash at the Beach. That's in your house. I think this was easily the strongest month of booking from both companies in my heavily biased opinion. Fair enough. Should I let everyone in on uh how I booked Brawl for all now then? Let's let's uh do this little deep deep dive uh let the good humans know so i've sent you a little video you can have a look at that now if you want on so i like already have the next two to three months booked out and you're like here chris have a brawl for all (laughs) (laughs) so i've gone i can do this one of two ways i can scrap everything and book like a really good brawl for all yeah or I can leave everything to chance and book Raw for all like they would have during the Attitude Era. Exactly. So <laughs> I've tried saying you the video, it hasn't worked yet, but I've taped myself booking this Brawl for All from eight men on my roster who didn't have anything for this month because I won't have enough free time to do it next month with the King of the Ring as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... You got to love how I did this. <laughs> to determine the result, <laughs> I've used a six-sided dice. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I've gone, uh, one is uh, A participant wins, two is B participant wins on points, Yeah. three is A wins by knockout, four is B wins by knockout, five is A is injured, and six is B is injured. And then if it didn't go to points, I'd have to roll again to see what round they were knocked out or injured. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I actually love that, yeah. It it at least makes it fun for you to book as well. So that's awesome. (laughs) Except I've still (laughs) got three injuries now, but at least it's all early on. They can be kayfabe injuries for all we know. (laughs) Well, I'm sure it'll only be a couple of weeks. Sprained hamstring or something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, just a a bit of a migraine. (laughs) (laughs) Just copped a hangnail against 
Yeah, I lost to X-Pac via hangnail. <laughs> <laughs> Old road dog sitting there. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I suppose it's almost time to talk about your favourite part of the show. The twists and the turns. It is. Uh... So, Mr. Alex, you go first this time. All righty. Uh, how many are we drawing? We're drawing one each. Seven. No. Never. Oh, bugger. Three-month injury. injury. All right. That's, that goes back, and we're going to draw someone out of my thing. Oh, my God. This is not what I wanted. I've set way too many things up. Don't be bad. Don't be bad. Be someone I haven't debuted. There's a couple of people I haven't debuted. Oh, that's not too bad. All right. Gail Kim is out for three months, which is kind of handy because she just lost on a pay-per-view, so I didn't have too many plans for her. (laughs) All right. Oh, man. (laughs) You keep... You got a gimmick match, dude. (laughs) You, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Thunder Hog just randomly drew the Chris Thunder Hog pen match. Oh, man. Uh, How long do I have to use it? You've got a month. Because I had a month to use the tuxedo. Just, I think you could use it on your TV. Just chuck it on the TV. Have two locals in a hog pen match. <laughs> if you had two locals in a tuxedo match, I'd call you out for that. <laughs> I know. Hey, t- I was I was wondering if you were going to call me out for having Kurt Hennig in a Canadian tuxedo and not a proper tuxedo. No, he called it a tuxedo. I allowed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, didn't so... want my redneck to be dressed all nice. So explain what a hog pen match is then. Uh, it, uh, what was it? I think it was the first in your house pay-per-view. It was Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Henry O. Godwin in a hog pen match. And it was basically uh, the, I think we may have to double check the rules, but I believe the loser of the match is the person that is thrown into a muddy hog pen where there's like, wood set around like a wood fence and there's like mud and there's a couple of pigs in there and Triple H gets thrown into a muddy pig poo filled hog pen to lose is it on is it on like um raw or something like it's actually in a wrestling ring it's not like an on location shoot type thing no it's like it's by the entrance ramp oh so like how they did the diva mud bath thing yeah so this was on, like, In Your House 1, I believe. Are we drawing free agents? Uh, no, but I am because WCW has come to terms on the release of J.J. Dillon, and we wish J.J. Dillon the best in his future endeavours. So he's getting folded up, and he's getting put in the free agent pool. And depending on what happens here, 
Like, I could pull out J.J. Dillon again because that's the whole risk about releasing someone. Um, depending on what happens here, that this might not be the last thing that happens. It's not bad. I would also just like to say that, unfortunately, WCW has come to terms <laughs> on the release of Buddy Roberts and Jimmy Jam Garvin. So they're all... What? They were drafted as a tag team together, so they're on the one card. So that's... If people were drafted as a tag team, they're on the one card, so I can't just release one of them. Ooh, three birds. Man. Yeah. Uh, one day... Maybe on our AMA episode, I'll discuss about my pr issues with the Freebirds. Um, no, problematic backstage. They had to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come on. I'm doing this also. I can get one particular person. This is why I gave up Gorilla last month. So last because episode. you gave up a tag there, is it only one you're getting back? Uh, yeah, it, it, I'm giving up a tag and I'm probably only going to get a single out of it. So it's very risky. Come on, Funaki. <laughs> How'd he get in there? <laughs> you never know, though. You never know. All right. Master of the Powerbomb, Sid. <laughs> oh. I'm going to keep this one a secret. Oh. Also, if there's any way of editing out me say earlier, that'd be great too. Um, yeah. Almost gave up another name. I did not get who I wanted. But, okay. But I think I'm pretty happy with my gamble nonetheless. Yes. I wanted someone else in particular, but I'm happy you don't have any releases or trades or anything. I'll give you Alicia Fox for AJ Lee. No way, dude. She's already in a pay-per-view match next month. Oh. No way, dude. Okay. Uh, come to me in a couple of months with AJ. How about I give you Gorilla Monsoon and George the Animal Steel in exchange for JR. <laughs> I just gave you Gorilla, but I'll give you JR for Dusty Rhodes. No, not yet. Uh, uh, I was just going to bring Dusty Rhodes in as a color commentator and he can talk about, he got a bathicle! He got a bathicle! <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what's on next time? So, the next thing on the game show agenda is, uh, next episode is the six-month show So of our Fantasy Fed. It will be the sixth month of WCW and the sixth month of WWF. And after that show, 
we're going to do a special bonus episode of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show. It's basically going to be a, each promoter is going to sit in the hot seat and the other promoter is going to grill the opposing promoter about some of their booking decisions. Maybe take them to task for a few things they did or a few decisions made or, you know... Or, like, ask about, like, oh, what was the thought process behind this and all that. So you can get a better understanding of what we were thinking and we'll break down the kayfabe barrier of our fantasy feds. And then that very same episode, I will be handing out best and worst of awards for Chris's WWF for the mid-year and he will be handing best and worst of awards for the WCW mid-year. It'll be very interesting to see um, just what Chris liked and what he didn't like and what he thinks was trash and what he thinks was good and vice versa. Yeah, indeed. Uh... Yeah. So uh, I think um, that might have to put a little bow on this one again, I reckon. That might do the episode for today. Sounds good to me. So, yeah, uh, until next time, folks, uh, keep enjoying your fantasy fun life, and thanks for joining us. And Shawn Michaels, you can go straight to hell!